Well, thanks so much for joining us. We're talking about Heart Month that is going on for the month of February. Just had a good conversation with Kirby Drury from Saskatoon. I appreciate him sharing his personal story, cardiac arrest during a hockey game. And a couple of the players who happened to be cops, as he pointed out, on the other team, knew there was an AED on site. They were able to get it and get it in use instantly. And as a result, uh, he gets off to the hospital and diagnosed cardiomyopathy, uh, something that he can be treated for and obviously can live a, a healthy, happy life for the rest of his life. So definitely a good news story there. And I've got Troy Davies now in studio with me. Troy, the Director of Public Affairs in Medivy Health Services West. Troy, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. It's you, good we, to hear you, uh, Kirby on the line. I know, yeah. It's <laughs> uh, it's definitely a good news story. And, you know, I think back to my career policing. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to speak ill of CPR because CPR has its place, but the success rate with CPR versus AEDs is night and day. Yeah. Without the AED machine there, you know, basically what it's doing is it's stopping your heart. So the, the, the role of an AED is basically like rebooting your computer. Right. Uh, someone's in VFib, we want to stop your heart, shock it to get it back to hopefully it reboots itself. And that's the whole role of what you're doing. So, and the success rate with an AED is quite high. Yeah. It's, you know, for for our program, we're, we're top in North America per capita with 40 saves since uh, basically 2005. Kirby was our first success story, really, that really kicked off the program, and it's uh, it works. It's you know we got 40 people who went home to their families and are there because of these machines. Yeah, you know Kirby's story is in the middle of a hockey game. We heard about Lanny McDonald uh, coming home from the NHL All-Star, ga- All-Star game this past weekend uh, has what they're calling a cardiac episode. Two nurses are on site and they're able to help him. How common are these, Troy, that you're dealing with? You know, I'll, I'll put it in quotes, cardiac events. Is that fairly common for, for Medivy? Uh, yeah, we, we basically look at them as cardiac arrests when we, when we classify them. And I know the Heart and Stroke Foundation just released numbers actually last week where it's basically outside of the ER one every nine minutes you have having a uh, cardiac arrest in, in the country. So wow. uh, we're seeing more and more, we're actually seeing more and more saves happening uh, from not only within our people, but, you know, bystanders just knowing how to do CPR and getting on the chest right away, which is key for us. Right. There's so many times you talk to people that they'll go to the hospital um, after they've put up with symptoms for a period of time. You know, we hear the the common ones, the left arm, a few of those things. Can you just give us an, an idea of things that are triggers people should be paying attention to and getting to uh, a medical facility as soon as possible? Yeah, you know, the the pale, sweaty, diaphoretic skin is, is usually one because your body's going into somewhat of a shock. And then, like you said, radiating pain to either shoulder, left arm, right arm, usually left. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, the biggest thing that we've ran into is people who are younger thinking, oh, I can't be having a heart attack. Right. And what's shocking is that we're seeing 30-year-olds, like Kirby was obviously 34, but right. it's more and more common. We're seeing people under 50 having heart attacks, actual full-on heart attacks when they get to the hospital and just thinking, oh, I'm too young to have this, where uh, you're not. Right. It's it's Sadly, it's a common thing. Uh, the, the rollout of AEDs, and I know you've brought a portable model in after. We're going to take a break here shortly, but uh, when we come back, we'll get you to show how that works. That has to be a big advancement for first responders, not just EMS, but I know police carry them and have access to them as well. Um, has to be a game changer out there. 
It is, and our fire department carries them as well, and right. they've had multiple saves, uh, you know, as recent as a couple of years ago where they used theirs. Actually, one during Halloween where they we were able to have a save before we even got on site as well. So, you know, having these machines, and again, the cost. So when we started this in 2004, it's $5,000 for a machine, which is almost unheard of, whereas right. now they've dropped down to around 1600 So a lot of companies can afford them, and we try to say they should be as common as fire extinguishers in your buildings, basically. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to open this up and uh, we'll get Troy to give us a bit of a, a look at, at how this works. They are fairly simple to operate and in fact they're they're fairly standard as well. So the one that you're going to be operating here today, likely similar to a one that you would find in a library or a rink as well. Yep, correct. Troy Davies is my guest, the Director of Public Affairs with MetaV Health Services West and we are talking AEDs and Heart Month right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Brando, you know what you're doing there. Kickstart My Heart is uh, the song that takes us into the conversation we're having about Heart Month and the fact that uh, AEDs are making a huge difference in our community. Troy Davies is my guest in studio with me. Troy, the Director of Public Affairs for MetaV Health Services West. Kickstart My Heart, you said you've got that up in your office, is that right? We have that in our building. That's actually our model for all the saves that we have for our paramedics. We named it Kickstart My Heart. Well, obviously, it's Motley Crue, you got to, but... <laughs> Yeah, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, this is every paramedic's favorite song. I love it. <laughs> so we were chatting about uh, AEDs and the importance. In fact, this started off with a conversation that we had with Kirby Drury, who uh, back in 2005, yeah. playing hockey in Saskatoon, has a heart attack. And as a result, an AED is used by a couple of players on the other team. Uh, it saves his life. Absolutely. And we see that happen time and time again with AEDs. Yeah, you know, Kirby's story, and then six months later, we had Kevin Vending on the same ice sheet at Gemini, and then we had Yuri Fisher with the Detroit Red Wings a month later, which really got national attention. So those three episodes really kickstarted our program and, yeah. and it just blew up after that which is uh we're fortunate that they're kevin and kirby are still doing great today well. i know kirby's out at riverside every day golfing so yeah. he's taking advantage of his time that's so good <laughs> yeah it's, i mean you love to hear those stories and we talked about the fact that you know cpr which is what we relied on for many years uh <laughs> while it has its place doesn't have the same success rate that, that the aed is and aed is becoming more and more common now we're seeing them in businesses we see them in public buildings and public spaces and part of it is, too, Troy, is that you shouldn't be intimidated about using an AED. And that's what I think we're going to talk about now, and you're going to walk us through. They are basically foolproof to use. They are, and that's the, the biggest thing, challenge to get over, and people are afraid. And, you know, anytime we see anybody who is possible has a cardiac event, we just say start pushing on their chest. Yeah. Whether you're doing it right or not, don't count, don't do anything. Just start pushing on their chest and have someone call 911. Right. And what's great with our our program and with our communications medical comm staff that we have is they'll walk you through it. They'll mm -hmm. talk to you. On, if you're doing CPR right, they'll talk to you about if there's an AD in the building. Uh, we track every every machine in our you know community area that we'll tell you that there's an AD in the building if you haven't grabbed it. Right. So let's walk through. Uh, first of all, are they consistent. So an AED in Saskatoon, is it going to be the same as a Cinnaboya if you're down there for a hockey tournament? There's a few different versions, but at the end of the day, like I said, you just open it up and it'll walk you through and all machines are pretty much on that level. So right. it's, it's as simplistic as possible to make sure that, you know, you're just 
put in some pads on a chest and if it's, if they're in V-fib, that's the only time it'll shock. So if you have somebody who's having a stroke or somebody who passed out and you put the machine on, it's not going to shock them. And I think that's the biggest fear people have to get through first. So they just worry about, you know, am I going to do more damage by hooking this up? But, but it will know whether it needs to be used or not. For sure. You're saying yeah. Troy Davies, my guest, director of public affairs for MetaV Health Services West. All right. Why don't you walk us through? You brought a, a machine in here with you. Yeah. We're just going to hook you up and shock you a couple times here, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what fine. Brando and I talked about this. He says, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> but yeah, basically when you walk in um, and you have a cardiac Call arrest. help now. And Remove you, all clothing from patient's chest. And it'll give you some prompts here. But basically, while you're waiting, it'll give you a couple minutes. And then at that same time, if you're on our 911 call. Red handle to open bag. It'll, uh, they'll tell you exactly what's going on as well. And in the meantime, Look at pictures on pads. she's very demanding. Yes, so. she is. One pad off blue plastic. And Apply so they, they are all, skin, they're all color coded. Exactly as yeah. shown in the picture. Press pad firmly. Peel other pad off blue plastic. Apply pad to bare skin. Exactly as shown in the picture. And we got photos. I was going to say, very good illustrated photos of positioning for the pads. Yes. I'll close it there. But yeah, that's uh, so that's how clear it is to you when when you're on that chest. And and right away, it's going to analyze. It'll say stop CPR. And if it's shockable rhythm, it'll say push button to shock. And if not, start CPR again. Right. Um, if there's if there's a couple of people there, is it easiest if you've, you know, sometimes having someone there to help you, um, it calms you down and, and keeps you calm as you're trying to go through? Like, even listening to that, I can't imagine being someone who hasn't had training in it um, and just the heightened emotions that you're going through, knowing someone in front of you potentially is having uh, a cardiac arrest. Uh, is it helpful to have someone with you? For sure. And, you know, if you sometimes you just kind of give the direction saying, okay, your only job is to push on the chest. You right. Just focus on that chest and push on that chest as fast as you can. That's it. Right. And then, like I said, our comms uh, staff on the phone will, will do their best to calm down the other person, just walk them through. And, you know, it's human nature. I, I've been doing this for many, many years, and I still, my adrenaline is popping if I see somebody go down. And, you know, you just kind of try to take a couple breaths and slow yeah. down and, and do what you can. But at the end of the day, if you don't do anything, they're dead. And that's right. that's the blunt message I usually give people. I and mean, you can't make them more dead. So if you break a couple of ribs or if you don't put it on, you're not going to do anything to change their outcome. Right. So. Yeah. And of course, that phone call is so essential as well. I mean, it's one thing to grab this and, and get that going, but yelling to someone to call 911, get EMS rolling is such an important part yeah. because time is is of the essence when we're talking about things like this. Yeah. Usually we say, and in the, in the, I'd say it's a loose golden rule that we use, but every minute you don't have CPR, you lose a 10% chance of survival. So, right. you know, and you think about our, our average response, like a day like today where you got, you know, snowy weather and slippery roads, it might be eight to 10 minutes when we get there. Well, what's that window with no CPR and no AED? while right. you've been waiting in a business for us, right? So CPR should be happening while someone's running to get the AED. CPR's changed though. How we were taught years ago, there was so many, you know, breaths per chest compression. Now it's it's really about the chest compressions. Yeah, and everyone always, do I do 10 to two? Do I do 30 to six? Like everyone just getting confused. And now it's just what well, we just tell people, just push on the chest as fast as you can. 
to a depth that you're making an impact and keep it as simple as possible so right. that because usually what you'll see if someone goes down half the room will go to the back of the room and then it's usually the males and then the females step up but yep. that's <laughs> that's just the way it goes <laughs> but it's uh yeah the whole idea is as simple as possible as fast as possible and just reduce the amount of time that they're not having cpr done so one of the biggest messages is the importance of having one of these machines on site. I know at the radio station here, we do. Uh, there's a big sticker when you come in the front door saying on-site AED. Uh, if a business, if an organization wants to get one, how do they go about doing that, Troy? Uh, you can either just type in sastuneheartsafe.com or .ca. Either one will take you right to our website and you'll have a direct link to contact us or just 374-SAFE uh, and you know, you'll get our, our phone line on that. And right. It's uh, like we said, we've got over 1,300 businesses in the city right now that have AEDs. We've had 40 saves ranging from hockey rinks, golf courses, you know, just your average outside in businesses where someone's collapsed. So they can happen anywhere at any time. And just having these, like we said, as common as fire extinguishers in your building is kind of our goal. I talked about uh, off air, we were chatting a little bit and I said, you know, at the Regina Police Service, we rolled out training for all of our frontline members to ensure that if they took one of these in the police car that they knew how to use it. But it was equally as important for office staff, whether it was sworn police officers or civilian police personnel, because they're the ones that are probably working at a desk right beside the AED. And if there's a need to use it, having them uh, have that ability. This this really, you don't need specialized training. It's just about familiarizing yourself and keeping yourself calm in an emergency, basically. Yeah, it's we always say, don't let the bosses take the training. Let the people who handle the bosses take the training because <laughs> they're the ones that are going to get it done and step up and, and know. And, you know, they have a kind of a common sense on how the, everything works in their buildings. Sure. But condos are the other one that's really taken off. A lot of seniors and condo associations are having these in their buildings right beside their elevator. So... You know, every time you walk into the elevator, you see it and your mind has like almost like a muscle memory where, you know, oh, yeah, there's an AD down. Right. Troy Davies is my guest, Director of Public Affairs for MetaV Health Services. All right. Off AEDs for a second, but uh, talking about slips and falls. So, you know, it is crazy to me how slippery it is. It's like this sheet of, of ice underneath the snow that's falling all around Saskatoon. It was that rain that really never melted away. Yeah. And so if you didn't get parking lots or sidewalks sanded, it's, it is slippery out there. And I just heard a story on this radio station that you had done about slips and falls. Uh, it's a problem this time of the year. Yeah, we talked to your to your cohorts here yesterday, and in seven and thirty seven hours, we had seventeen patients transported. Now we've got in the first forty eight hours, we're up to twenty six patients that we've transport transported with broken hips, legs, arms. We have two paramedics who are now off shift because they've slipped and fell as well. So. Yeah. Uh, I haven't actually, I don't remember numbers like this in, in our history of, you know, so many high acuity calls that actually were, you know, needed an ambulance because of the fractures that they sustained. So just be careful out there. It's yeah. still bad and we're still seeing those calls right now. So. And I'm thinking of your new, uh, Australian members with this, <laughs> uh, with this snow too and, uh, what that's looking like for them. You and I chatted briefly about that last week, but, uh, when you've got another 10, you think that are coming? Yeah. Within the next month, we expect another 10. So I think they're getting a lot of text messages from the guys here and taking pictures of the snow <laughs> that was coming down yesterday. So this is what you're in store. This is for. an eye opener. Like yeah. I said, we kind of, uh, maybe didn't give them all the facts on how Saskatchewan is. 
pictures? We just showed them pictures, so now they know. Summertime pictures. <laughs> Summertime lake pictures. Come to Sask- Saskatoon, you'll love it. This is what it looks like. Troy, this has been a good talk. Thank you for coming in. And uh, again, if people are interested in getting an AED one more time, what's a good place for them to to go if they're looking for one for their business or their condo? Uh, just go to our website at saskatoonheartsafe.com. Good. Troy Davies, Director of Public Affairs for Medivy Health Services West, right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Well, good afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us today. We've had a uh, full show today talking about a variety of different things. Of course, teachers, the talk that started the day and likely the talk that's going to end our discussion here as well today. Uh, it's It seems to be the most topical discussion that's going on in the province right now. Rotating strikes are happening in the province. Today is day two of the rotating strikes that are going on. Creighton School Division, Northern Lights, Prairie Spirit, and then Saskatoon's Catholic and Public Schools are out. Teachers are out walking the picket lines today in the snow. Grippers on their boots, no doubt. A little bit slippery underneath there. We're getting reports, too. The roads are not great in and around the Saskatoon area. So definitely take care if you're out driving around and uh, call that highway hotline. This morning, we opened up the phone lines, and we had lots of calls, lots of suggestions as to what the fix might be. Some people pointing some fingers as well as to, you know, basically where the problem lies. Didn't get to all of the text messages. I got one here from John, for example, in Saskatoon. He says, who decided not to fail students and move them to the next grade when they should have been held back? Who decided to teach this new math, which makes no sense? Who decided to put all students in the classroom, even though some have no ability to learn and often become a disruption to others? These are some of the problems in the classroom today that are affecting the students. That's John in Saskatoon. Chris texted in. Chris's thoughts, the difference between Saskatoon and Regina school divisions and the rest of the province is that their teachers get 20% prep time and most of the divisions in the province only get 10%. It's more expensive to fund in Regina and Saskatoon. It's a link agreement. No wonder classrooms are larger. So you wonder how that plays into it because, of course, you know, it's it's one pot of money, no matter what you're talking about. We used to talk about this back in my old police bargaining days, it's one pot of money. And so when we used to go to the bargaining table and say, you know, we want to raise and we want more cops. Okay. Well, they, they both come out of the same pot. So if you're, if you want more cops, how many do you want? And you take that chunk of money out of the pot and then you look in the pot and you see what's left. So when we're talking about class complexity, we're talking about wages and whatever, it it really is one pot of money, education funding. And so there's an ability, no doubt, to raise taxes or find ways to fund education. And as we hear from people that have been texting in nonstop over the last three weeks, taxes are high enough and people are, are fed up with tax increases. The challenge then becomes, where does the money come from? Are there efficiencies that can be found or does it come down to a priority that the the government has to make and prioritize things differently? Now, don't forget, education is just one priority in the province. In fact, tomorrow morning on the show, we're going to start the show talking about healthcare challenges. St. Paul's Hospital, which was in the news a few weeks ago because they were overcrowded. The fire department comes in and says, you're breaking all kinds of, of regulations when it comes to overcrowding, blocking exit doors, those types of things. We've got to get these numbers down. 
Well, just yesterday, they had another problem at St. Paul's Hospital, and it's causing the nurses to try and take matters into their own hands. And so as a result, we are going to be talking about health care off the start. So this is where the problem comes when you're the province. You've got your bag of money. I don't know if they carry the money in bags in the province, but you've got your bag of money, and you've got to determine how much is going to education, how much is going to health care, what should the priority be. And so tomorrow when we talk about health care, we will... No doubt hear from you. Education will be on the topic, uh, for tomorrow as well. Of course, as we know, lunch hour supervision is being pulled in every school in the province tomorrow. We've got a voice that we haven't heard from yet. Educational assistants that work in our schools as supports in the classrooms. We've got a representative from that group of people coming in to talk to us. And we are going to take a look across Canada on classroom complexity. What are some of the other provinces doing? Maybe something that we can learn from here as well. So that's all coming up tomorrow on the show, starting at 836 right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.